The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mr. Sub-A-Dart, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, on behalf Team of Detroit, on the hey. we want to present these buffs to our governor, hey. Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Gretch. Woo. You can find her in the press under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Come on. Big Gretch and this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretch said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Gretch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we going to take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Uh-oh. Big Grits got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Grits with the bucks on on the lookout. Uh, and she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of bucks with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw the bucks on her face, cause that's Big Grits. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Throw the buffs on her face. Cause that's Big Grits. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Big Grits.
What is segregation? I don't know what segregation is. Uh, what is bigotry? I don't know what bigotry is. What does uh, hatred mean? I don't know what it is. Uh, what is uh, prejudice? Um, I think it's when somebody's sick. Special bulletin. Dallas, Texas. The flash, apparently official. President John F. Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Anybody here? See my old friend Martin. Can you tell me where he's gone? He's freed a lot of people. Difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live. No one can be certain who next will suffer from some senseless act of bloodshed. Get it! Get the gun, Raper! Hold him! Hold him! 
Oswald? Like it or not, we live in times of danger and uncertainty. That is the way he lived. That is what he leaves us. My brother need not be idealized or enlarged in death beyond what he was in life. To be remembered simply as a good and decent man who saw wrong and tried to right it, saw suffering and tried to heal it, saw war and tried to stop it. Those of us who loved him and who take him to his rest today pray that what he was to us, what he wished for others, will someday come to pass for all the world. As he said many times in many parts of this nation, to those he touched and who sought to touch him, some men see things as they are and say why. I dream things that never were and say why not. Segregation is. Uh, what is bigotry? I don't know what bigotry is. What does uh, hatred mean? I don't know what it is. Uh, what is uh, prejudice? Um, I think it's when somebody's sick. And we continue now with the Tom Sumner program coming up in just a moment or so. An author whose book comes out tomorrow, Juneteenth. But uh, I want to take just a minute um, not only to acknowledge uh, President Biden's signing of a a new law making Juneteenth a uh, federal holiday. Starting today, actually, it's being recognized. Tomorrow is the actual June 19th date of uh, Juneteenth, but um, I want to acknowledge uh, my friend uh, Paul Herring from Spectacle Productions, and and he's a big part of why this show is on the radio, and he has been spearheading Juneteenth celebrations in Flint for decades in he deserves a lot of credit for hanging in there and, and, and sort of keeping the spirit of Juneteenth and, and really defining it for me and a lot of other people. Um, but uh, up next, we're going to talk with an author uh, who I mentioned his book is coming out uh, tomorrow. And it is uh, simply called The Silent Agreement and it uh, empowers and prepares African Americans to succeed in corporate America. So we'll talk with Will Shelton uh, coming up straight ahead. Don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is the CEO and founder of Willpower Integrated Marketing, a full-service agency offering traditional and digital marketing services to reach multicultural audiences in the beauty and grooming industries. But he has a new book. It's nonfiction that provides black professionals and their allies with tools to succeed in corporate America. The book is called The Silent Agreement by Will Shelton, and Will Shelton is my guest. He joins me by phone. Hi, Will. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Um, Of course, I'm, you know, glad to see that summer is coming and COVID is leaving. Yes, same too. So that's you know that's that's good all the way around. But tell me about the book, the Silent Agreement. That title, what does that refer to? It really refers to the psychological contract made by corporations that's not that's unfulfilled for black executives. So we're dealing with the breach of contract. And 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 what do you mean by that? Do you mean that there's um, uh, an expectation that there's a place for black executives that's not being met, or is there something else going on as well? Yeah. Um, well, you know, the book actually it talks about the illusion of inclusion, and normally um, the best analogy I've heard for um, diversity and inclusion would be um, when you're invited to the party. Now, being invited to the party is one thing, but being da- asked to dance at the party is the inclusion part that's being left out for black executives and minorities. And not only being left out of being asked to dance, we don't even get to choose the song or the partner to dance. <laughs> well, but but in corporate America, and as corporate America um, struggles with trying to become more inclusive, um, a lot of them are just just bad at it so far. And they think, you know, okay, they make a, a, they go to a retreat and they come back and say, yeah, we're going to be more inclusive. We're going to be more diverse. And, um, and, and then they put a couple people of color on their board of directors and that's kind of the end of it. Yeah. Um, your, to your point is, um, what happens is the question I always ask organizations in corporate America is, is your solidarity solid or is it symbolic? Um, Does your stance line up with your stats? Meaning that, you know, you claim you're you're standing in solidarity and you want diversity and inclusion, but you only have 3% in your C-suites of uh, black executives. So that, that becomes the issue, especially when they stand up and say, we stand in solidarity with you and and we're doing these things to try to um, overcome the broken culture. More with marketing consultant and author Will Shelton about his book, The Silent Agreement, straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination. Freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with marketing consultant and author Will Shelton about his book, The Silent Agreement, straight ahead. When you refer, Will, to illusion of inclusion, who is the illusion for uh, from corporate America? Is it is it for black executives or is the illusion for themselves? Well, I really I start off the book because I use a lot of boxing metaphors. This kind of explains it. Okay. Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson in the 1980s was, was the champion, and he used to knock out most of his sparring partners, as, as most people know. But every once in a while, Tom, he would get one that he couldn't knock out, and he would resort to holding and clinching. And his trainer, Teddy Atlas, told him, Mike, you're making a silent agreement, and one day you're going to get a guy who's not going to sign the contract. And, Tom, what happens with black executives when they get into corporate America, they usually find out the hard way that their other side won't sign the contract. And they're not allowed to get to those top floors that they were promised to get to. And they, what happens is they don't stop fighting for those positions. They start throwing don't hit me punches. That's one of the chapters in the book. And the don't hit me punches, that they throw those. Because now they're fighting not to lose instead of fighting to win, just waiting for the conflict to be over. And a lot of times they turn into psychological contortionists, twisting themselves in knots for the illusion of inclusion. Are, are young black executives, once they get into a big company, and and there's there's a lot to be said for getting in the door to begin with, but mm-hmm. but then do they how quickly do they realize that they're stalled that that's as far as they're going to get you know it depends on the corporation it depends yeah, on fair. the department that they're in so it, you <clears throat> you never know you know for somebody it could be a year in for somebody else it could be 3 years in but usually they find out the hard way at a certain point that their dreams have been shoplifted. And and what do you suggest for black executives that find themselves in that position? I think um, at that point, you need to start looking at if that company that you work for is in alignment with, with your values and your views. <clears throat> because a lot of times what happens, Tom, is black actually have these facades of conformity to fit in with those corporate values. And that's a heavy weight and a heavy burden. And it just causes a lot of you know, mental trauma for them dealing with the, the barrage <clears throat> of micro invalidations that they go through on a daily basis. You know, we're, we're always fighting above our weight class. You know, uh, a lot of black children are told by their parents that you're going to have to do twice as much for half the rewards. So that's instilled in you early and you and you always punch above your weight class and you can never punch down because once you punch down, the only way you go is down. Well, is is corporate America 
more inclusive or, or kinder to black women than it is to black men? Much more. Um, because just from historically the viewpoint of a, of a black male, um, it's always been just a stronger presence for them. And they've always just had a different attitude towards men than they have towards females. So black females, they do have issues, but with black males, it's just much more harder. It feels like, um, you know, as black professionals, there's an embargo on them and an imbalance. And I don't know if we want to get into companies and company names, but are there are there industries that are better than others, the tech industry versus manufacturing and mm-hmm. so on? Yeah, some of the younger industries like tech, um, they're, it's not as bad in those industries because they're younger industries. <clears throat> I would say the advertising agent, the advertising industry is probably one of the worst because you know, stereotypes are mere shadow images rooted in the history and deep in the subconscious. And the images that they've depicted over, you know, the last hundred years, um, just the way that they've put their ad campaigns together, it is a reflection that hurts the black um, African-American and it hurts the the point of view that society and the culture sees black people because of the commercials and because of the advertising that has been done and the images that have been portrayed. And and it's interesting you bring that up because I have a, a friend that um, is, is uh, regular on the show who, because he sees black faces in commercials and in television programming, and and he himself is is black he believes that that's a sign of progress that um you know this this idea that corporate america wants to appeal to blacks and so it's reflected in the advertising do you think that they're ineffective in reaching black markets with the kind of advertising and and some of the old stereotypes that in some cases they may be inadvertently reinforcing? Yeah, I think that that's just a small part of it. Um, Yes, they do use us in the commercials, but when you don't have the proper executives that have a seat at the table when they put these commercials together, then you don't really have authenticity and cultural relevance that's needed when these commercials are put together. So you, you got you got ahead of me there, Will, because that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly where I was going next. Was you know, oh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be better? Um, if the advertising companies, especially in the creative departments, mm-hmm. you know, had um, a, a better representation of the population of the country, not just blacks, but but all people of color and and you know gender issues and and with regard to uh, uh, 
um, age and, and any other kind of uh, demographic you might carve out, um, wouldn't it be better if those groups were better represented in the creative departments of those companies? Yes. I mean, you're, that's, you hit the nail right on the head. That's one of the keys, and that's one of the things that I consult with companies about all the time. I mean, I'm a black consultant, <clears throat> and I speak with them about these issues frequently, and that's one of the problems. I mean, there's always been a vacancy for transparency and honesty, and when those corporations step up and take occupancy of that, they have nothing to lose and everything to gain. You know, blacks spend $1.4 trillion a year on goods and services, and they're looking under the hood. They're doing a 150-point inspection on these brands now to see if they have the representation, and they're voting with their buying power. And and is it is it being reflected in the marketplace yet, or, or are black consumers just beginning to question those those images or do they just accept them and and go buy cheerios i think now since last year since we've had the um social injustice and the social unrest <clears throat> i think now more than ever not just blacks but i think nationwide all different nationalities have got on board and are understanding that, um, you know, there's, there's like this, what I call asymptomatic brand of racism and, and bigotry that's under the microscope in corporate America too. Um, so I think the black consumer is just much more savvy now. Um, and they're holding these brands and these corporations accountable. And these corporations know that. So they're seeking out the help in, in their in their diversity departments, they're seeking out the help from black um, consultants like me to help them to overcome the broken culture that they have to deal with. And are they are they getting better at it, or is it just a slow go? You know what, Tom? This is a slow go. I think they're getting better at it, but look how long this has been going on. So you can't just turn this around overnight, even if you could, if you wanted to. I mean, um, e even if everybody agrees, they get up <laughs> yeah. tomorrow morning and they might just not know how. Yeah, it's like a bad marriage. I mean, if your marriage has been bad for 15 years, the next day you just can't turn the marriage around. <laughs> You're going to need some some counseling you may have to take the old marriage in the backyard and kill it and start over Tom. <laughs> i was gonna say i've 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 had to do that a couple of times before <laughs> before i realized heck maybe it's me <laughs> <laughs> but but getting back to the uh to the point and and to the book the book is uh called the silent agreement and it uh it comes out on juneteenth of uh, mm -hmm. 2021, and uh, author Will Shelton um, 
draws from his love of boxing and uses mm-hmm. uh, some techniques to prepare black executives to rise above their weight class and earn a seat in the C-suite and the boardrooms. Um, in putting this book together, um, who are you hoping uh, will get the most out of it? The the mm. black executives or corporate America who really needs to figure out how to include them? I wrote the book for both. I wrote the book both for the black executive and their allies in corporate America. And, and Tom, I wrote the book this way so that you get more out of the book. The book gets more out of you than you get out of the book so that the reader becomes a leader, a better leader. And is the idea that um, that you're sharing, that you're giving some guidance to black executives how to better make judgments about where they are and where they should be, and um, on the other side, corporate America on how best to not only um, uh, plant seeds of inclusion, but tend to its growth. Right. That's what my hope is, and that's why I wrote the book, because we may not get everything we fight for, but everything we get will be a fight. And, you know, the... Things are never going to change until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are affected. Now, you've been doing consulting work for companies about inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when did the light bulb go off for you? Hey, I need to write all this down and put out a book. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what, Tom? It was like... I had this epiphany during the pandemic because, and I think a lot of people had epiphanies or it was an inflection point personally, professionally, you know, in your life. Uh, We were all in the, you know, the sand was shifting underneath all of us, Tom. But I decided to look for the opportunities in the crisis. And some of those opportunities for me kind of came from the pivoting of the organizations when all of the social injustice went down and the Black Lives Matter movement got stronger and they didn't know what to do. So they were asking me to come into meetings and to speak to them about helping to take the fear away or how to stand up the right way, how to really invest in the black community. So I started writing articles about it first. I would just publish articles and blogs and then a book was just born. I said, wait a minute, this is a book. So I decided I was going to put the book out because I knew so many people this could be a survival guide for. What's the significance of um, releasing it on Juneteenth? Well, because there was a proclamation of emancipation in January of that year, but in June 19th was when the the blacks 
the African-Americans were told that you were officially free. So it's like, you know, our, you know, 4th of July every year. This is black 4th of July. This is celebrating our freedom. And not only freedom from slavery, but freedom from, you know, dealing with invalidations and things in corporate America. So it's a freedom. And I thought it was so significant to put the book out then because now, since last year, now Juneteenth is a national holiday for most states. Right. Well, I I, I guess I'm just, I, I'm, I'm thinking from a from a marketing standpoint if mm-hmm. if there if you had considered a today forward kind of approach and and not tying this information so much to the sins of the past mm-hmm. do, do well, you understand what i mean i'm not even sure exactly how to ask the question will but okay. but I, but i think you're with me i think you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, for me, the book it's it's a that day's a celebration and it's a national holiday now. So I felt like it just fit with me. It's really celebrating the possibilities for corporate America to turn turn things around as well. So I just stuck with the date. Now, this is a little bit off topic, Will, but I hope you'll bear mm-hmm. with me. This is your first book. Correct. Have you got the bug? Is there another book? You said, have I got the book? <laughs> have I you, do, you, you know what, Tom? Have you I got do. the writing bug? I do. I got the writing bug. Because, you know, I was writing articles before this. But then now that I wrote this book, I think, Tom, I have... I literally probably have three more books coming in the next three years, probably. Well, that that uh, leads me to something I I always want to do with guests on the show is give them an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know we want to encourage people to to read the book, but um, do you have a website? Yeah, I have a website. The website for the book is www.thesilentagreement.com, and you can go on there to pre-order or purchase the book or even um, get access to downloading the first chapter for free. Um, and my <clears throat> my company website is willpowermarketing.com, and that's my business where I help global brands connect with the African-American consumer. Now, you've said, Will, that we need to break through the illusion of inclusion and champion real change when it comes to diversity. What does that change look like? I think that change... In other words, how will we know when we've gotten to the mountaintop? Hmm. I think um, when, okay, I think when it's normalized and you see blacks in these positions all the time and it's not 3% and it's 25% and and you don't see any more first. It's not like, oh, this is the first African-American female 
that ran a Fortune 500 company. When it becomes normalized, that's when you'll know it's changed. You know, I, I, it's funny you say that, Will, because the other day <laughs> I was talking to my significant other, Sandy, and I, I said to her, I said, um, we, we were watching a, a thing on the news, and it pointed to the fact that uh, Vice President Harris, Kamala Harris, the first female vice president, right, was mm-hmm. the first female to speak at the commencement at the U.S. Naval Academy. And all of a sudden it occurred to me that everywhere she goes, mm-hmm. in especially in the older infrastructure of the country, she's going to be the first woman to do it. Are we going to have yeah. to hear that designation every single time? Or at some point can we just say, you know, America's first female vice president spoke here, and she spoke there. Uh-huh. And do, do you know what I mean by that? And and yeah, I guess yeah. I, I, I guess I'm 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 saying we're so caught up in this notion of firsts, um, mm-hmm. is is not recognizing those things part of becoming normalized? I think so. I think when it gets to the point when it's not recognized then you'll know that the it's no longer a silent achievement that it is recognized and it's just something that it's daily and you don't even you don't think about it anymore it's not even in your consciousness i mean you don't think about that in baseball anymore since jackie robinson no one says the first you know the next or whatever it's just normal now yeah now you've got to have some stats for anybody yeah. for yeah, anybody yeah. to say yeah, the, first the first anything <laughs> the first to steal 50 bases in, in, yeah. in the season or something yeah. well I'll, I'll tell you um kudos uh, congratulations on the book and I, I hope it goes really well i hope a lot of people um get a chance to read it and heed it mm-hmm. wow i i'm that's what my hope is and that's why i wrote it and uh, I believe that, you know, a lot of people, executives, allies, all across the board, colleges are really going to get a very good message from this book. Well, I think uh, I, I think a lot of people want to be on the road and, and this, uh, you know, helps point the way. Um, Will, thank you so much for spending this time with me in sharing your thoughts uh both with me and the and the uh, listeners but but also in your book you're welcome i'm i'm so happy you have grateful you had me on and um it was a great experience and you have a great show and you keep putting on good guests and i'm i'm gonna keep tuning in to listen to as well well i appreciate that will love to have you along thanks so much and uh keep up the good work my friend All right. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. The name of the book is The Silent Agreement by Will Shelton. And uh, Will is the CEO and founder of Willpower Integrated Marketing. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. From the Tom Sumner.
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. 
I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Fine, fine welcome. And it's certainly very gratifying to know that you feel this way and that you people have accepted my being able to sub for Johnny this week because it seems to have caused quite a bit of difficulty around here at NBC. Uh, earlier this evening, I was in Johnny's dressing room and one of the wardrobe mistresses walked by and she sticks her head in the door, she sees me and she says, what are you doing in Johnny Carson's dressing room? <laughs> Said if he catch you in here, this is the last time you're gonna be on this show. <laughs> So I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm very glad that you feel that way. We will, during the course of the week, find some way to overcome her problem and firmly convince her that NBC, without a doubt, has established within everyone's mind that it is the full color network. <laughs> right? It's fun for me. It's this this entire week is going to be fun. I've looked forward to it, and uh, in fact, to stand here and act so cool. I'm excited. No, I'm not nervous, I'm excited. In the dressing room, I felt good. I was thinking, you know, just different ways of expressing the enthusiasm, and I was saying to myself, Woo! <laughs> well, it's made me think back. This is a long way from where I started. You know, I used to work in a drive-in movie. That's right, it was really rough. But it was fun. It was a hard job, but it was fun. I used to go around and shine the light in the car, tell people when the picture's over. <laughs> I got $25 a week and all I could see. <laughs> I'd walk around and say, the picture's over, the picture's over. <laughs> I tried a lot of things, I tried a lot of things. I feel that I'm prepared to assume the responsibility for, well, this job. This is, well, this job is like, uh, I feel like this job is like being at a weenie roast with me being the weenie. <laughs> I just threw that in, you know? But, uh, yes, yes. I, I tried a lot of things. You know, coming along, I, uh, during my younger years, I tried, uh, I operated my own business. It was a lemonade stand, you know? And uh, it was doing pretty good. And the way it went is I had a big sign over the lemonade stand called Flip's Lemonade, all you can drink for a dime. No, well, that was great, and it was going along pretty well. But then you always run into a wise guy, you know? One day a guy comes up to the stand, he says, uh, is this lemonade as good as everybody says it is? And I said, you better believe it. This lemonade is just as good as what your mother used to make. And the guy said, hmm, that gotta be some very good lemonade. <laughs> I said, and in addition to that, I give you all you can drink for a dime. You can't beat that. He said, let me tell you how I fix this lemonade. I put extra sugar in the glass. So that when you turn the glass up to drink it, the lemonade starts swirling around and that makes the sugar swirl and lemonade gets sweeter as you go down. You know, as it goes down, makes it taste better. And uh, then the lemonade is very cold. I put extra ice in the pitcher and then I pack the pitcher in the ice. And I said, yeah, that's all right. He said, uh, give me a glass. So I gave him a glass and uh, he said, I'll have another glass. I said, well, that'll be another dime. 
He said, now hold on. He said, the sign says all you can drink for a dime. I said, but you had a glass, didn't you? And I said, yes. I said, well, that's all you can drink for a dime. <laughs> People caught on to that pretty quick, so I, I kind of cut the lemonade business to loose. And I've worked toward tonight. And uh, during the course, now let me say, things are gonna be a little different with Johnny not here. The whole purpose of the show is fun. We're gonna try to have as much fun, you know? But other things will be different, such as uh, during the course of my opening spot, I'll eliminate Johnny's genuine, authentic golf swing. We won't have that this week. No, I wouldn't infringe upon the man's right to open, you know, that, that's not. That's his swing. You know, I swing another way. I got my own way of swing. <laughs> but uh, if, if Johnny's looking in tonight, I was thinking of some way. I don't play golf myself. Well, the ball is too small. If the ball was a little larger, I'd play. Uh, but in the elevator, the hotel I'm staying at, coming up on the elevator, I heard two guys discussing the game, and I thought it was a pretty amusing conversation. One fellow says to the other, he said, uh, say, George, he said, how's your golf game coming? George said, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I said, you should be pretty good. You and Freddie playing every other day. George said, look, said, don't mention Freddie's name to me. He said, I don't want to talk about Freddie, you understand? So don't bring his name up to me. Well, I said, but you and Freddie are such good friends. You guys play golf every other day. George said, well, not anymore. I said, well, what happened? I said, look, I said, do you want to play with a guy who cheats on the score? Want to play with a guy who cheats? A guy who, if he makes a hole in one, he's going to take off two? Do you want to play with you want to play with a guy who, who steals your clubs while you're watching the ball because somebody's already got your bag? So do you want to play with a guy who'll run through the clubhouse yelling burn baby burn? So do you want to play with a guy like that? And the fellow said, heck no. He said, well, neither do Freddie. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. America 
Stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better. <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War I. Today we have mass media and scientists to say if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, cause we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. From the Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 